Welcome to GoCast, a podcast designed to inspire and equip pastors and leaders to lead soul-winning churches. We have a mission to go and make disciples. This is GoCast. Hey, everyone. Hope you guys are all doing well. I want to take a few minutes and introduce you to a new productivity program that I recently discovered called Scrum. I had a conversation um, in November of 2019 with a pastor friend of mine, Pastor Rich Conte, who pastors in Manila in the Philippines. He asked me this question. He says, hey, have you ever heard of the system called Scrum? I had never heard of it before, but I went and began researching it and looking it up, and I was enthralled by it. And we've been experimenting with it a little bit, Uh, in some of our teams. And this is really a system I'm excited about introducing and talking about across the board at our church. And it is uh, really exciting. I think it's exciting. It's going to allow us to do some amazing things. So I want to take a few minutes to introduce to you what what the program is, how it works, but really what the benefit of this is. I was looking for a method that would allow us to be number one, and in your notes, more productive. We just always looking for ways to be more productive, to do things more efficiently, uh, better, more productively, just being that which leads us to number two, looking for a program that's going to be more efficient. Efficiency simply means more productivity, productivity delivered in a timely manner. So we want to be product, you know, uh, more productive. We want to get more done. We want to be more efficient. We want to be product, uh, product, uh, act, active and, but at the same time in a timely manner. Number three, this program allows us to be more focused. Uh, there's a lots of things that can distract, lots of things that can keep us um, off track, but we are looking for a program that's going to allow us to be more focused. And you'll see in a moment that Scrum really is a system that allows us to be more focused. And it's amazing how more productive you can get, how more efficient you can get when you're more focused. The fourth benefit is we need to be better in communication. And this is a, a big part. We've got reporting systems that are in place and we've got communication, but still the constant frustration that we hear, you know, in our organization is, you know, communication or a lack of communication and, and knowing we're a big organization. And so we have lots of uh, opportunities for breakdown in communication. So we just need to get better in communication. And I believe Scrum allows us to do that. The fifth benefit is that it allows us to be more creative. So if we can get more productive, more efficient, uh, better in communication, more creative, we can get all these things more focused. All of these things are going to be a huge benefit. And this one system, Scrum, allows us to do all of this. And like I said, we've experimented with this in, in our service programming team and some of our other teams a little bit, and we've touched on it. But I want to look at over the next uh, number of months implementing the Scrum system all across the board in every single one of our teams, and it's gonna allow us to have these five benefits everywhere we go. So let's go right to our notes. Let's look at how to implement Scrum. I'm gonna give you a basic overview of what it looks like, some of the language that's involved, and uh, we've got notes provided for you that allow you to follow along, write notes alongside, kind of get an idea so that you can review, go over this, and then we will begin uh, implementing it. At the end of this, I wanna begin to teach us how we can specifically implement this uh, in our church. All right, so how to implement Scrum. Number one, you have to pick a product owner. Okay, so you have to pick a product owner. A product owner is the one with the vision of what you're going to do, okay, or what you're going to make or what you're going to accomplish. 
So the product owner is somebody who has the vision of saying, okay, this is what we want to accomplish. This is what we want to, to, to do. It's the person with the vision. They, the product owner also takes into account the risks and the rewards of, and they also are responsible for what is possible or what is not possible. Uh, they're responsible for what can be done or what can't be done in, in a specific period of time. They're kind of the, the gatekeeper of what is possible for the team, the vision of what needs to done, uh, be done. And they are the ones that are passionate about the outcome. All right. So the product owner is the visionary. So we first have to have a product owner for whatever um, scrum or system that we are, are working. That's the product owner. Number two, you have to pick a team. Because you have the product owner, has a vision, but now secondly, you got to pick a team. The team is the, are the people that are actually going to do the work. So who, you have to ask the question, who are the people that are actually going to do the work? This team needs to have all of the skills needed to make the product owner's vision and make it a reality. And, and here's something that's, that's important is that teams should be small. They should be a maximum of nine people, a minimum of three people. So you want a small team of three to nine people is basically the general rule of thumb. That team should be, you know, wide variety of people with, with the necessary skills to be able to get um, the, the product owner's vision accomplished, right? But you have to have a team. I think it's worth mentioning here that when it comes to, to the team is that based on, and we'll get to, to what, you know, the scrum is or what a sprint is. We'll get that language in a moment. But basically, uh, we want to be able to, the team could, doesn't have to be a set team for life. It could be a specific team for a specific vision, for a specific product, or for something that we want to do. That could be a unique team, and it could change on a regular basis. Just basically, we want to get the right people on the bus and the right seats of the bus to be able to accomplish what needs to get done. So number one, we got a product order. Number two, we picked a team, a small team, three to nine people. Number three, you got to pick a scrum master. Now, I know this is a a bizarre language and it's something when I first heard it, I was like, okay, we can change the verbiage of that after having read the books and, and did that. They actually, um, questioned that the, the founders of this and they questioned that language as well. But for the sake of consistency, we're going to stay with that language because this is, this is, uh, just it kind of differentiates what the purpose of this person is. So you have to have a scrum master and uh, we can make fun of that all we want, but we're just going to keep with that language. A scrum master is the person who is going to coach the rest of the team through the scrum, okay? So, and that's going to help the team eliminate anything that's slowing them down, okay? So, the scrum master is, is somebody that is responsible to coach the team through the scrum and, and is going to help the team eliminate anything that is going to slow the team down. So, this person needs to be administrative, this, this person needs to be skilled in multiple areas so that they can, if they see something slowing down, they can problem solve in multiple different members of the team and be able to kind of have a general overview of what everybody does and know how generally how everybody does things and how that works so that they can be the person that keeps this thing going. The product owner is the visionary. The, the, the scrum master really is the manager or the administrative person, the detailed person that's going to be able to get this done. Now, just in the language of Scrum, and I'll take a, a break here for a moment from our notes. The word Scrum is, is, and I should have said this at the beginning, but I'll just explain it to you. Scrum is a, a, a term that is used in rugby. If you're a fan of rugby or understand rugby at all, Scrum is where everybody, and this is, happens in rugby, where everybody kind of 
congregates and get, you know, all heads down. They kind of just, they do what is called a scrum. They just, there's this battle going on. And it doesn't seem like much is happening to the outside viewer, but underneath there's a lot of battling going on, moving the ball and positioning. Everybody on the, on the team has a role interlocking and working towards getting possession of the ball. That's what this is about. This is about teamwork. This is about productivity. This is about everybody focused, everybody working on the same thing at the same time. And while on the outside, it might not see that everything's going on. There's a scrum that's going on where everybody's uh, playing a role. There has to be a visionary. That, that's giving the idea of what we're wanting to accomplish as a team. There needs to be a team that are specific gift sets that are going to accomplish what the vision is. And then there needs to be a scrum master who's going to kind of be the coach that's going to uh, ensure that what hap- needs to happen is happening and, and in a timely fashion, in an effective fashion, which leads us to number four. Number four is, next thing you need to do is create and prioritize a product backlog. Okay, so the word backlog is going to be huge for us, uh, but we need to create and prioritize a product backlog. A backlog is a list at a high level of everything that needs to be built or needs to be done to make the product owner's vision a reality. So the backlog exists and evolves over the lifetime of, of the Scrum or of the product. So it's basically the roadmap. Okay, so it's a list. You got to make a list of everything that needs to get done at, at any point. The product backlog is a single, basically the single definitive view of everything that could be done by the team ever. And then you want to put it into kind of an order of priority. So, um, and only a single product backlog exists. So this means that the product owner is required to make prioritization decisions across the entire spectrum. So the product owner should basically consult with the team to make sure that they are representing everything that can be done. So basically how this works, there's a product owner that has a vision. Okay. They, they say, I want to, in our settings saying, okay, our vision is we want to put together a special service on this weekend. So that's the vision. This is what it's going to look like. Then you have a team is saying, okay, in order for us to be able to produce that service, that product, we need to have the team that's going to be able to do that. And, and to execute that. And so who, what skill sets are we going to need to be able to put on that service? Then, then you have a scrum master who's going to be able to kind of drive the ship and keep the team on, on, on focus and make sure there's no distractions. Who's going to be able to ensure that that gets done? Then you want to put together your, basically your backlog. That backlog is a list of everything that needs to get done, broken down as small chunks as possible that needs to get done in order to have that outcome, that, that final product. And you want to list down everything you can possibly think of, of we need to do this, we need to have this, we need to do that. And you basically, the, the, the visionary, the product owner, the team, the scrum master all sit together in a meeting and basically create a list of all the to-dos that, that are possible. And you want to break it down as small as possible. Like I said, you don't want to have, you know, big, you know, well, we got to produce a service. Too big. Break it down. What do we need? Well, we need music. Well, it's too big. Break it down. Well, we need you know, this many songs, what, what songs we need to create this. We need to all, what list break it down as much as possible, as small as possible to be able to get it done. Okay. So that's creating the backlog, which leads then you want to put those in priority and, and saying the list of order of what needs to get done, which leads then to number five, which is you want to refine and estimate the product backlog. Okay. So the estimate is the big part of it. So you want to refine and estimate it. So once you've created all your list, you're going to look at that and saying, okay, well, 
that's too big. You know, that's too small. Let's, we can, we can organize this, but we want to estimate the product backlog. So the estimate is this. It's crucial that the people who are actually going to complete the items in the backlog estimate how much effort, um, it will take to get that list done. Okay. So the team should look at each backlog item, each individual item. And, and I'd recommend maybe writing your backlog item on, on, you know, sticky notes uh, and, and just each item would be on a sticky note and just kind of set them aside. And then you eat, because then you can look at each one of those items separately and, and you estimate, you look at that item, each item and saying, is this actually doable um, by the time that we want to get this done? Is this doable? And is there enough information that we have as a team, as a product owner, as the scrum master to complete that item? Um, is that item small enough to estimate or to break down and, and to do that? Or do we need to break it down into smaller chunks? And is there a definition of done? Okay. So a definition of done is that everyone agrees on what standards must be met and, and in order for something to be called done. Usually the product owner has the, because it's their vision, has the final kind of stamp and saying, yeah, that's good. That's, that's done. Mark's it done. So you just need to be able to define what done is. The other questions you can ask in this is, is, does this create visible value? So every item that we're adding, does, is this going to add value to our final outcome or is it necessary? Do we need to have it or not? Is that's not necessary? Then we don't, we don't simply do it, but does it create visible value, uh, value? Now you take a look at the list and you're saying, okay, yes, we've gone through it. We've gone through the order and we've seen what's got value. We understand what done is going to be. We've kind of, we can kind of that. Then we want to estimate uh, basically how much work it's going to take in order to, to get that done. And the reason why we estimate, we'll, we'll set this up in a moment, but you don't want to estimate the backlog in hours because people are, Absolutely terrible at, at, at that. At, you know, we either underestimate how much time it's going to take or we overestimate how much time it's taken. None of us are really, you know, experts at being able to estimate how much time it's going to take. I mean, how many of you start a project at home and think, oh, it's going to take 20 minutes? You know, two days later, you're still working on it. It's just, we're just all, all of us are terrible at that. So instead of estimating the amount of time it's going to take or the hours it's going to take, it's better to estimate by relative size. So small, medium, or large. Is this backlog item, is it a small that can be done quickly? Is it a medium? You know, it's going to take some time. Or is it a large one? That's going to take a lot of time and effort. Um, and I'd recommend, you know, in, in estimating that and, and putting an estimate on the backlog, I'd re recommend using the Fibonacci sequence. And for those of you who are not familiar with the Fibonacci sequence, it's instead of, you know, we want to assign numbers to estimate small, medium, or large each backlog. Instead of, you know, assigning numbers and saying, you know, one is a small, you know, two is a medium, and three is a large, we'll sit there and argue over, you know, whether it's a two or a three, and, and whether it's an eight or a nine, or whether it's a 10, 11. Use the Fibonacci sequence and kind of, it, it, this is a little bit more um, effective, I think. And, and more valuable that way. So Fibonacci, just for those of you who aren't aware of it, is, is Fibonacci is a sequence like 1, 2, 3, 5, 8, 13, 21, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. How it works is you take, you know, 1, 2, and you add 1 and 2 together, you get 3. You, then you add 2 and 3 together, you get 5. So basically, you, you know, add 3 and 5 together, you get 8. Basically, you take the two previous numbers, add them together, and then you get the next number. The reason why Fibonacci is a good sequence to use for estimating is because uh, the team will sit there and argue over, 
whether this is an eight or whether this is a nine, you know, uh, on the point value system of how much time, you know, what effort it's going to take to do this. And you'll argue over the minute details. It's a lot easier to say, well, is it an eight or is it a 13? Is it a 21 or is it a 13? Like, it's a lot easier to say, nah, it, it's not that big or it's not this. And, and, and a lot easier to, to make it agreeable on that. But you want to assign a point value now, a value to the, the amount of work it's going to take for each backlog item. And you want to add a number to that. Okay. Which leads us to number six. And I'll explain all this and we'll draw it all out for you in, in a moment. So hopefully this all locks in. Number six, uh, sprint planning. Okay. So sprint planning is, 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 is vital. And the, the term sprint. Okay. So this is, the first of the the scrum meetings that will happen, the team meetings that will happen. Sprint is basically uh, a fixed length of time, okay, that that the, what our vision is, it's going to take. So the team, the scrum master, and the product owner all sit down to plan what is called a sprint. So sprints are, like I said, always a fixed length of time that is less than a month, okay? And for us, as a church, most sprints will be a week because we have weekly services, okay? So um, we'll say, okay, well, our product is next Sunday's service. And we have a week. So we a sprint is a length of time to be able to get that product out. And so for us in our world, it's, it's good. Now we might have special service or we might have a special event coming up that we're saying, okay, we can plan that one out by, you know, two weeks. And we're gonna put work on this or we'll plan it out by four weeks maximum. We don't want, you know, a sprint, we don't wanna get longer than that. And you'll understand why in a moment. But a sprint is a length of time to be able to take the vision to, to done, okay? So the team looks at the top of the backlog of all the, you know, they got the vision, the backlog, and they forecast how much of it will, they'll be able to complete in this sprint or in this length of time. If the team has been going for a few sprints, they, they, you know, they should take in the number of points they did in the last sprint, and we'll get to that, uh, and the number is known as the team's velocity. Okay, so the reason why we've taken um, in numbers and we've added numbers and, and basically estimates to all of our backlog is because we're gonna take all of our backlog and we're gonna add all of those numbers up using the Fibonacci sequence, add all those numbers up, and we're gonna have a total number at the end. So I think the first time we did this with our our um, uh, service programming team, I think the number ended up being, you know, the total number backlog to be able to put together uh, a service was like 140 points. And so we took all of that and said, okay, we got 140 points. We assigned that 140 points to a sprint. The sprint we set as, you know, four days. It was, it was basically four work days for the week. Can we accomplish those 140 points within this week? And then we talked about it as a team and myself, you know, as the product owner of the vision of the service. And it's another chance for the team and the product owner to make sure that everyone is, is kind of on the same page and understands exactly how these items are going to fulfill the vision. Also, during this meeting, we're sprint planning. Everyone should agree on a sprint goal, what everyone wants to accomplish with this sprint. So as we get into this, you know, we say, okay, well, the first one, we had 140 points. Well, the next week we looked at it and we, we said, we accomplished that, you know, 140 points a lot quicker and focus was amazing. 
And we're like, we can take on 180 points next time. And so we did that. But one of the pillars of Scrum is once the team has committed to what they think they can finish in one sprint, that's it. It cannot be changed. It cannot be added to. And the team must be able to work autonomously throughout the sprint to complete what they forecast they could. All right, so that's sprint planning. It's taking all of you know, the backlog, the vision, the backlog. It's assigning a, a time to it and saying, can we get this accomplished? Which leads us to number seven. Now you want to make, after all this, this meeting, this planning, this vision, you want to make the work visible. Okay, so make the work visible. It's number seven. The most common way to do this in Scrum is to create a Scrum board with um, three to six columns. Okay, so the minimum columns on a Scrum board, you want to make this visible for everybody on the team, this is vital, is a minimum of three columns should be, you know, to do, um, doing, and done. But I'd recommend for all of our campuses and, and all of our Scrum teams, that I'd recommend six columns that would be um, uh, that would would work in that. And the six ones are you, the first one. The first column would be backlog. Then you'd have a column called blocked, and I'll explain that one in a moment. Then you have you know to do. Then you have doing. Then you have review, and then you have done. Okay, so it's backlog, blocked, to do, doing, review, and done. Um, we've used Trello, and, and many of you have used Trello. Uh, Trello is a great form uh, for for an electronic. A scrum board to do because you can set up those columns in that way and, and, and list on there. Or I'd recommend if possible at your campuses, especially if you have, if you can have your team in one physical location, I'd recommend a physical board uh, for the scrum board. And on a physical board, use sticky notes that represent all of the backlog, all the items that need to be completed. And then the team moves them across the scrum board into each of the columns as they're being completed one by one. And with a physical board, and the purpose of a visual board is that everybody on the team can see, okay, what's being done, what has been done, what stage of the, what needs to be done still, what stage of the things are. So everybody on the team can walk into a room or, or turn on Trello and see exactly who's working on what, what's getting done. And it's an amazing way to keep focus. It's an amazing way to keep high communication because I'm not guessing now on what this team member is doing. I can see what they're doing. I can see what they've done. There's high accountability because now we're watching and, and, and we're, you know, we're working at a way that everybody else can see what we are doing. And, and so we're, we're responsible and accountable, not just to our bosses, but we're accountable to a, a team and it allows great collaboration with the team because we can now see where somebody got stalled or stuck or, or whatever it might be. And we can help and we can keep everything moving. We can see then where you know the level of, of speed of which and efficiency in which we're working. So that's why we want to make it visible, which is which is huge. Which leads us to number eight, which is create a burn down chart. I know there's lots of um, language here that I'm giving you, but this is language that we want to use throughout throughout Scrum, and this is why I've given you these notes so that you can constantly review them and look at them. But you want to create a burn down chart. Okay, a burn down chart is is another way to to make work visible and and it's it's just very helpful on one axis is the number of points the team has taken into the sprint so like i said before the first sprint we ran as a you know as, as a service programming team was 
140 points. So we took that number, okay, on, and on the other side is the number of days. So we had 140 points and then we had four days in order to accomplish those 140 points. So every day, the scrum master then tallies up the number of points completed, okay, in, in the day and graphs them on a burndown chart. So ideally, there would be a steep downward slope leading to zero points left on the last day of the sprint. So you start with 140 points and you accomplish in the first day, maybe, you know, 30 points. Okay. So then we should, the, the climb comes down and you're now at 110 points. Well, then you know, okay, well, we've got three days to accomplish this. So we're going to have to speed things up a little bit. And so the next day we can accomplish 50 or the next day. And eventually on day four, we should be able to down to zero. And it's another visible way that burn down chart, another visible way to say, okay, we're on schedule. We're, we've got to speed it up or we're on schedule and we're doing just fine. It's just a, another visible way for the team to do that. All right. Number nine, daily stand-up meeting. Okay. So now we've, we've got the product owner. We've picked a team. We've got the scrum master. We've, we've, we've created a backlog. We've, we've estimated the backlog, you know, numbered all of that. We've now, you know, we've created all, you know, all these systems. We've got visible board. We've got the burn down charge. Everything's all there. Now, now we go to work and part of that work is a daily stand-up meeting. And this really is the heartbeat of the Scrum system. So each day, okay, at the same time, for no more than 15 minutes, okay, the team and the Scrum Master, doesn't have to be the product owner, but the team and the Scrum Master meet and answer three questions. Okay, so it's a stand-up meeting. This, this is important. So you want to you don't want to sit down because it, it gets distracting and nobody's focused. You want to have a quick 15-minute max stand-up meeting. Everybody stands in a circle, kind of looks at each other, and, and the scrum master begins to ask each individual in that group three questions. And here are the three questions. What did you do yesterday to help the team finish the sprint? Okay, so what did you do yesterday? Every person in the, in the meeting says, I did this. And you just kind of go around and everybody answers, I did this yesterday. I worked on this. I did this. And, and they answer that question. The second question that everyone will answer is, what are, will you do today to help the team finish the sprint? Okay. So what are you going to do? Not what are you going to do that's not on the sprint board or on the scrum, but we're not talking about, well, I'm going to, you know, go get groceries. I'm going to do that. That's not part of it. What are you going to do today that's going to help the team finish this sprint? And you list it. Number three. Uh, the third question, everybody answers. The third question is, is there any obstacle blocking you or the team from ach achieving the sprint goal? Okay, so is there anything standing away, anything blocking you? Which, if there's anything in there that's blocking, that's that block channel on the scrum board that on there, if there's something that's blocking us or something that, that we're relying on in order to get the next stage being done, um, we need this from, you know, this person or we need this to be done in order for us to get this done. Then we would go around and we talk about this and we say, this is, this is, we need this done. We can put that right, that what's blocking on a, a sticky note, put that on or on, put it in Trello sticky note and put it on, on the scrum board. Okay. And that's it. So the meeting is basically, okay, what'd you do yesterday in accomplish sprint? What are you working on today? Is there anything standing in your way? Anything blocking? That's it. That's the whole meeting. If it takes more than 15 minutes, you're doing the meeting wrong. Okay. So what does it help? Uh, you know, what this does is helps the whole team know exactly where everything is at in the sprint. Are all the tasks going to be completed on time? We can know this in the stand-up meeting. Are there opportunities to help other team members overcome obstacles or things that are blocking them? Um, there's, 
no assigning of tasks from above. The team is autonomous. They do that. This is, this is huge. This is the, this is the autonomous. This is, this is us working together. This is us establishing teamwork. There's no detailed reporting to management. So if we implement Scrum, listen to me carefully, and this is going to be answer to prayer to, for many of you. If we implement Scrum across the board and we do it properly, we don't need to do reports anymore. We don't need to report again up to what, what's happening or how our week went and all the rest of it. We can have this basic daily scrum meeting is going to eliminate all needs for reporting because our communication is going to be so focused and so efficient and so much better. So there's no need for detailed reporting to management. The scrum master, okay, this is the manager is responsible for making the obstacles to the team progress or the impediments that, that are in the way go away. So this team says, I need to get this done. That Scrum Master is a manager. And when we did this with the service programming team, I was tattling myself. They said, okay, we got to get this done. We're got, you know, we're, we're working on this and this and this. And it basically they're saying, we need Pastor Kelly's notes in order for us to be able to do this. And so the Scrum Master actually had to come to me and saying, Pastor Kelly, you're holding up the team. And I was the one, <laughs> I was the product owner, the one implementing the, the sprint and they're saying, Pastor Kelly, you're, you're holding up. You need to get this done. So, I mean, that put pressure on me. And I was like, okay, I got to do this. And, and that was a scrum master, not the team, but the scrum master came to me and said, we got to get this done. And if you can do this by this time, then this is going to enable them to do. And they're waiting for you to do that. So whatever it might be, uh, whatever that impediment might be. And, uh, in that case, it was me. Then it, it needs to be, uh, you know, helped by the scrum master needs to help in order to get that to go away. So the daily stand up that is vital to the success of this whole system. And it's just a 15 minute uh, meeting. Now, number 10 is the sprint review. So at the end of the sprint, okay, we wanna have a meeting with uh, the team that shows what they've accomplished during the sprint. So anyone can come to this meeting, not only the product owner, the scrum master and the team, but anyone who might be interested. So for, for us, in our case, if we said, okay, we wanna do a service review, this, we're planning this service, we could inv invite any of one of our staff or any of our staff could show up, any of our volunteers who are involved could show up. Anybody who's interested could really show up at this meeting. It's an open meeting where the team now demonstrates what they were able to move to done during the sprint, okay? So the team should only demo what meets the definition of done. So not something that is partially accomplished, but what is totally and completely finished and can be delivered without any more work, okay? So again, at the beginning, you've defined what the definition of done is. For most of our sprints, it's gonna be definition of done is gonna be when the product owner, the one with the vision, you know, gives a stamp of approval and says, you know, through the review process and says, yes, that is done. That's what we demonstrate, not the stuff that is not complete. It, it may not be a complete product, but it should be completed to the feature of done. Okay. So for everybody uh, else to be able to do that. So that's the meeting that happens. That review meeting happens at the end, you know, as we've, it's basically a demo meeting, a review meeting that we say, this is everything that we have accomplished in this thing. And we're just kind of demoing our product or our plan or our, our series, our graphics, our, the music, everything just kind of gives everybody an overview of what has been accomplished, which leads to the next meeting, which is the sprint retrospective. Okay. The sprint retrospective is different than the review meeting in this, but after the team has shown what they've accomplished during the last sprint, the, you know, the thing that is done, they sit down and think about what went right. And they also think about what could have gone better. Okay. So this meeting 
I would recommend this meeting happen, happening near the, you know, maybe it could happen right at the end after the, the, the review meeting, or sometimes this is really good to do right before the next sprint. And here's why, because we're going to look at what, what went right, what we could have done better. What is the improvement in the process that they, as a team, you know, can implement right away and to be effective. This meeting requires a certain amount of emotional maturity and an atmosphere of trust. And here's why. The key thing to remember is that you're not seeking someone to blame. You're looking at the process. Okay, why did it happen that way? Why did we miss that? What could have helped us and what made us go faster? Is it crucial that people as a team, and it's crucial through this, take responsibility for their process and outcomes and that we seek solutions as a team? Okay, at the same time, people have to have the fortitude to bring up the issues that really are bothering them in a way that a solution-oriented rather than accusatory. And here, here's why. is because you'll learn lots about the team through this process and how people handle pressure and how people process and how people do what things. And sometimes we got to just take away our personal preferences and ideas and, and ego, put, check our ego at the door and say for the process, we might learn, especially at the early stages, that we assign some tasks to somebody that's not in their gift set. And it was frustrating for them, but it was also frustrating for the team. And we need to be able to talk about, you know, some things and, you know, who's doing what and by when and who did what and who didn't do what. And in a way that's not accusatory, but is rather solution oriented for the entire team. The rest of the team has to have the maturity to hear the feedback, take it in, and look for a solution rather than getting defensive. By the end of the meeting, okay, the team and the scrum master should agree on one process improvement that they will implement in the next sprint. One process improvement, okay? The process improvement should be then put into the next sprint's backlog, which is why I prefer this meeting, just me personally, to happen just before the next sprint. So let's just say, for our church that, you know, our meetings on Monday would be, you know, the start of a sprint and saying we finished our services on the weekend and Monday we're launching into the next sprint. I would say one of the first meetings we do Monday morning would be let's do our retrospective and look back. Okay, how did last sprint go? What went right? What was really good about it? What went wrong? What could we improve? And, and then we talk about one thing, one process that we want to improve, and we put that into the next sprint's backlog. That way, the team can easily see if they actually implement the improvement and what effect it's going to have on velocity. This is what's so awesome about this Scrum system, is that if we do this properly, every single week or every single sprint, we should be improving on the previous one. That means we should constantly be making it better. That's one of our culture codes. We want to constantly make it better and get more effective. So the retrospect is, is to help us do just that. Number 12 is immediately now start the next sprint cycle. We don't just run one sprint and then we take a big break. We immediately start the next vision, the next sprint cycle, and we take the team's experience with the impediments and the process improvements into account and we immediately go to work with the next vision, with the next to-do thing. All right, so that's a basic overview of, of Sprint. And we've got, I've introduced a lot of terminology, a lot of the process, but we start with a product owner. That's somebody with a vision. We pick a team, the people that are going to be able to accomplish what that vision uh, is most effectively. We then have a scrum master who's going to be that manager, that coach that's going to be able to drive the team and, and the process and, this, and, and work through that. 
we create a backlog or a list of to-dos that, that in everything that needs to get done in order to create that vision. We estimate each one of that backlog and we go through all that. We go through all of these processes. We, we have meetings, we sit down and we plan all this stuff out and we immediately go to work and we, we count velocity, we count the burn down charts, we do all this kind of stuff. We have daily stand-up meetings you know, to hold each other to account and report on what's going on. We don't have to do the reports anymore because we're constantly doing this 15-minute meeting, you know, touching base every day, and this is what I did yesterday, this is what I'm doing now, high accountability. And when we do this, we see a lot more focus, we see a lot more communication, we see a lot more productivity, we see a lot more efficiency, we see a lot more creativity, we see a lot more collaboration. It is amazing um, what can happen. So that's just the overview. But here's how I see it working for us at My Victory. This is, we want to look at this and say practically how's this going to work and where do we do this? I want to see Scrum as a system now that we've experimented with it and seen it work in one team. I want to see it work across the board because I think it's going to help us improve immensely as a church, making us more effective and more efficient in order to stay on our vision and our mission, which is to reach every available person by every available means at every available time with the gospel of Jesus Christ. we got to go after souls. We want to just be as effective as possible. Thank you for joining us for this episode of GoCast. We hope you feel inspired and better equipped to take your community for Christ. Make sure to subscribe to receive each new episode as it's released. Let's go and break the stat together.